0: Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, steam Haggerty. Today, I'm joined by David Richter from Simple CFO. How are you today, David? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic as well. Thanks for being on the show. Glad to be here. Good man. So, let's jump straight into it then. I feel like I say that at the beginning of every podcast at the moment. Like, let's jump straight into it as if we're going to do anything else but right. like that. <laughs> if we're going to talk about like how we make apple pie for an hour. (laughs) um, Maybe we could, but David, listen, founder of simple CFO. What is simple CFO? It is a company. We, I have been in
1: the real estate investing industry for years where I bought my first house when I was 19, I fixed and flipped it. And then I actually lived in it kind of like what you see on HGTV. And then I lived in it. But then after two years, I got out of there and rented it to a tenant. I actually lease, lease, uh, lease optioned it where you have a tenant in there and then they have an option to purchase the property. Yeah. And he paid early, he paid on time and then six months later cashed me out and I was like, hmm, I kind of like this. So that kind of <laughs> got me into the real estate world. And I worked with a company where, a real estate investment company where I was living for about five years where at the highest point we were doing about 20 to 30 deals a month between wholesaling a property or fixing it up and selling it or renting. So we were doing a lot of different exit strategies. So I got to learn a lot too. I sat in every seat during that company. And one of the seats that I liked the most was the accounting piece of seeing where the money actually flows. So that was kind of where the idea was born. And a couple fast forward a couple of years from then, I was working with another investor because I had moved to another part of the States. And once I was living there, I said, I think I want to help investors on the financial portion of their business. So that's really what got me into it. I started the company to really help the entrepreneurs and small business owners and especially real estate investors really know what the numbers mean on their books, Mm -hmm. making sure that things are being done correctly and kind of being a financial coach or a fractional CFO for that specific niche. So that's really what got me into it was seeing how those numbers really affected the business, how it gives the the owner the power to make decisions and be like, okay, there's a lot of investors who who don't even like that side of the business and who just need that help. So I wanted to start a business specifically for that pain point because I knew that so many people needed to know what they were making, especially during a pandemic and whatnot, being able <laughs> to know what, what numbers are going out the door or what's coming yeah. in and really knowing, having a uh, grasp on their numbers. So that's why I started
0: it. Amazing. Let's rewind then. 19, you buy your first property. Yep. Were you at all interested in sort of the money side of things before that, or were you just in a really nice position from working to buy a property and then it kind of just spiraled into this obsession?
1: Probably both. Beforehand, I liked the personal finance side of it, but then once I got working with an actual business and got to see the business side, I really liked the business side too. So I would say I like doing finances before and I'm not even I'm not a CPA or have an accounting degree or anything like that. I'm more like a a fractional CFO or coach on the financial side. So it's not even like I went to school specifically for Mm -hmm. this, but I I knew that I could figure out how to find what the numbers that the investors really needed and get those to them. And that's what I did in those companies. And then w- when I was like, okay, I need to do this for more than just the companies I was working with. So th- yeah. the people I was working for uh, are, are still a client of mine as far of this uh, service because we were able to provide them that value. But that's why back then when I bought it, when I first bought it, that house, I liked finances, but I probably didn't have an inkling back then that I'd be where <laughs> I am now helping investors or whatnot on the financial part of their business.
0: At what point did you think... Okay, I can really make this into a business and start formulating the actual foundation of what Simple CFO is today?
1: Probably from reading books. There's a book series. And this was while I was still working for someone, I was reading the book series, the No BS book series by Dan Kennedy. And he, yeah. yeah, I love his books. And it was about time management and just business building. And he's got a lot of different ones on there in their pricing structure. And I read a oh, bunch well, of those. I had it on the shelf. And I I read a bunch of those and said, man, I could do this with that with that idea of helping yeah. investors on the financial part of their business because it's such a needed thing, not not just for investors, but just business owners in general. So I knew that that there'd be kind of a even different niche than an accountant or a or a CPA who does the taxes. This because all we do basically is help them know the numbers, and then help them implement like a an actual cash flow management system. We use Profit First. I use that that book and that methodology, which is mm. uh, from Mike McAlwitz. Wrote a book, Profit First, and that's kind of a cash flow management tool that Simple CFO uses to implement in businesses. So it's been a it's been a pretty awesome journey, but that's kind of where where we are now.
0: Amazing, and you read over fifty books a year, right?
1: That's what. Yeah, I'm on track to do that again this year. So, yeah, I try and read a lot. Last year was the most that I had ever read in a year. I think it was a uh, hundred and thirty-one or something. Wow. Is what I ended at, but last year I was just book crazy. This year I've toned it down a little bit, trying to be <laughs> more like retain everything. One out. a week, you know, right? a yeah, yeah. take. do more like one a week instead of you know one every couple of days. But yeah, uh, it's, I try and read a lot to to better
0: myself so i can help other people what direct benefit do you think reading that amount of books gives you versus people that don't
1: probably just it, it makes myself more interesting i could talk about more <laughs> things <laughs> but as far as that goes it's really the knowledge that i can gain from that and just getting honestly out of those out of all those books last year maybe i only only retained from several of them, or like got mm. really big nuggets that changed me. But then it's almost like the law of averages. Like if I would have only read those books, it would have been like, uh, how would I have known I would have read those books? Because like it's almost like each book linked to the next one.
0: Yeah. And eventually,
1: yeah. you know, I got to the ones that really impacted me. But I would say that if you're going to read and, and you want you want something out of life, whether it's you need a relaxation time or if you need to learn a skill or something look for the books in that specific that specific area because that's where once i read dan kennedy's books it kind of gave me more of a, a direction like oh i think i could i had this idea already but then i think i could actually make it a business then it was just like spiraling into more books from there reading about business and and making sure that i was setting it up correctly so i think just the more books i read it gave me a better chance of of being able to help not just myself but other people around me so it gave me more a uh, it gave me a better better uh, percentage chance
0: to help. Oh, out. for sure. Out of those, what was that, 132 books, you said? Something like that, yeah. Uh, out of those 132-ish books last year, what is the one book that you would give to someone tomorrow to read? <laughs> That's a tough one.
1: <laughs> you brought a, it up. I would say The Millionaire Fast Lane. That okay. One, that one... And it sounds like a total get rich quick scheme. I know yeah, even, the author, even, the author, right? even the author says that in his book, but it's by MJ DeMarco. And mm-hmm. he writes in there, if you're going to start a business and you want it to actually, actually make money and make a lot of money for you, there's five commandments of a business. If you want to be able to have a business that's actually not just covering your bills. And so I would probably start with that one if you w- were even thinking about starting a business or even had a business already and you're not happy with where it is because yeah. it, it goes over that. And I thought that was a really good book. And and I, I'd say Dan Kennedy's book series too. I know you only said one, but if I had to choose one and be millionaire fast lane, if I had to choose a series, it would be the Dan Kennedy
0: series. So no um, yeah. BS series. Excellent. Listen, David, for you with this business, what is it about working with investors that means that they, they value your work? So what, when, when I, when I hear you say you work with investors, I'm just thinking surely they don't really struggle with this. Surely they've sort of got their finances in order. So for you to come in, what sort of struggles do they normally have for you to go, listen, you need to listen to me.
1: These are the people I'm working with are more small business owners where they view themselves as investors and don't, and they're just out there to get the next deal or buy that next fix and flip, do that next turn deal or buy that next rental for themselves. So they, they, they've got the marketing and sales down and they've got that portion of their business or the operational portion. But usually the finance side for a lot of the small businesses are just, they don't know what to look at. So they don't know how to interpret the numbers and real estate specifically the books of them because they're asset based and not specifically service based can be a little bit more difficult because when you buy a property, it's an asset, and then where those entries are supposed to go and what does that really mean for their cash flow? So it's it can be quite if they if, especially if they're doing a lot of them, it can be mm. quite confusing if they don't have someone who can speak their language and actually understand the accounting side too. Because there's a lot of people that I run into that have accountants, they have. CPAs, or they have people that are doing what, you know, their books or whatnot, or doing their taxes for them, but those people don't speak real estate investor. And that's what makes Simple CFO different is like, I've owned properties, I've had my own rentals, I've done my own fix and flips, I know what those mean. And so I, I can talk their language, but I can also say, like, okay, this is where the numbers are and this is what it really means. So that's, I would say, that's one of the biggest value pieces I bring is that. And simple C F O our company brings is that we're able to speak that language and also mm. say like okay this is what it really means to you too. So that way the investors know where they stand and also the cash flow management system, the profit first and being able to say okay this money is for my operational expenses or I'm going to actually save for taxes during the year instead of the you know tax season comes up and now I have to do another deal and go out there to to make sure that I can pay that tax liability. So that's where. I think the specifically where we help people and bring yeah. that value
0: is you're, being you're the, humanizing the lingo. Right. Exactly. Was, you can't yeah. speak that language. So you obviously mentioned that you worked for someone else before you started simple CFO. Mm-hmm. How did you handle the migration from that employee to founder, even though you had been flipping and investing yourself, it's still quite a different attitude. When you're running a business,
1: it really is. And <laughs> I was, I was in the small business world. So I was almost, even as an employee of that business, you still have some flexibility and freedom, especially in a real estate world. So, because I had gotten to the point where, you know, I was on the leadership of those companies. So I still felt like, oh, you know, maybe that I felt almost like a part owner in the business. Yeah. That yeah. was a very much credit to the owners that I've worked for in the past for creating that culture. But then from there too, I would say that the, the leap to actual business owner and entrepreneur is definitely still a big one and something that as a W2 employee, you kind of always have that in the back of your head. And I've talked to, I've talked to now as a business owner, talking to other business owners that say, yeah, That'll, that'll be in the back of your head probably for a while, you know, that, (laughs) that, you know, wouldn't it just be easier to go get a job? And there's some days where I wake up saying that and some days like, this is the best thing ever. So it's like, I still have that inside or whatnot, but I still see at the end of the day, what kind of keeps me going on this is that before I was helping one or two, you know, one company basically, but now I'm helping That I'm helping companies in the same capacity, but able to help more companies and get other people grounded and be able to have other people like some of the clients that we worked with before this pandemic had enough cash on hand to survive for for several months where beforehand they didn't even have anything saved or not enough or they weren't on the right focus. So it's like being able to do that and help multiple businesses is one of the things that really keeps me keeps this going, because I love being able to to help businesses and help those owners at the end of the day, have that peace of mind saying like, Hey, I've got the grip on the finances. I'm making all this money or that all this money is coming in. And you want to make sure you keep it too. So it's not just all about making that money, but keeping it. So that's where as that entrepreneur and owner too, that I had to make that, (laughs) that mental switch to being like, okay, I want to help more than just the one business. I want to help many multiple businesses. And I want to make sure that, the real estate investors have a chance. you know. They have a chance. They actually have an opportunity to not just make
0: the money, but keep the money. So that's what for keeps sure. it going in, in my head. How does it feel though when you see those sort of clients where they maybe a year ago were really struggling to keep the money? They may, their business may have been making money, but it's a big difference between making and keeping. Right. Versus, you know, 12 months, six months on, they get a call be like, hey, David, you know, we've got enough cash in the bank now for three, six months. That must okay. be like, such a nice feel-good factor for you
1: it really is especially when it comes right before a pandemic you know like where they had <laughs> five or six months worth of cash on hand another person you know had eight to twelve months and they were like yeah we'll be able to survive this thing and come out better on the other side you know it depending it depend on how long this thing lasts but it just gave them peace of mind and it was like hey you know what we're doing is actually working we actually yeah. With the people that take what we suggest and actually implement it, it's it's awesome to see that return,
0: to be able to see that it's bringing them value and giving them peace of mind too. Yeah, I bet. Uh, let's talk about the pandemic then, because obviously finances are probably being pushed to the people's forefront of their minds. Right. How do you yeah. think this is going to change the attitude of saving and keeping cash and and making sure you know you're working towards those profits?
1: I think it's going to change it's going to at least it's already shaken up a lot of people. And then I think the mentality yeah, sure. going forward is I need a better handle on my cash flow. I need to not only be able to know where I stand, but keep that money. So that's why several people, even during this this whole pandemic, have come to us and been like, Okay, we need your services to be able to start saving and start down that profit first path, at, that system that we implement to make sure the businesses can be Can have that cash on hand when they need it.
0: And do you think any business can do it truly?
1: Yeah, I think any business, (laughs) uh, any business, okay, no, because maybe some businesses shouldn't even be in business. And that's why I suggested Millionaire Fastlane because it has to hit several of those commandments to even be viable to be a business. Mm -hmm. And if you want to build it big, it has to hit all five. But So I wouldn't say for any business, but for any business that's supposed to be in business and that actually helps people, yes. I think you can implement a system in order to honestly, it's just putting discipline around your finances. It's putting a system in place, just like you have systems for your operations and for your marketing or your sales. A lot of businesses should have systems in place to have that thing, you know, have the, the leads keep pumping in or whatever it might be. They need a system for their finances. So yes, I think it's a system that anyone can implement into their business. There might be variables of it. There might be or, you know, that someone might not implement it the same as someone else. But I do think that the system or a system for your finances is definitely doable for all businesses.
0: Yeah, for sure. For you, what's been the most um, challenging aspect of running this business?
1: Most challenging aspect of running the business. That's a good question. I'm still, as far as this goes, as this business goes, I'm still new enough to where I'm just now bringing on a couple key, key other coaches into the business. And just now that just adds more to the business. I had other people like assistants or yeah. my right-hand guy is a virtual assistant, but I've worked with him for five years. but And he's helped me with a lot of the nitty-gritty stuff that I do like on the day-to-day, but then actually growing. Now I'm getting to the point where I think I can I want to grow and I want to help more companies and I've kind of been capped at a certain level, but now, but now I want to grow to more companies and help even more people. So that's probably the most challenging. And I think that's challenging for any business because it's we're now we're at that growth stage. We've hit a ceiling. We want to grow. We're at that place where I think I feel like as a business, we can grow and now it's bringing those people on and training them and then getting them in front of clients and then keeping the client flow going too, and making sure that that's, that's all up and running and probably that's probably the most, the most challenging aspect is making sure we have enough to keep, keep everyone filled up. So and making <laughs> sure we're always, we're always helping enough clients to cover what they need and what the business needs.
0: And that's exactly what you should be doing. That brings me really nicely onto this question though. Simple CFO, what, what do you want this to become? What's your mission? What's your big idea for this?
1: Sure. I have a, my background and I don't know what your background is or a lot of the listeners. I, Come from a religious background, so I like giving a lot. So I mm-hmm. everything that I get, I get. I do. I tie ten percent of it, but then the business also supports several missionaries. Uh, one of them was one that I, I actually had another side business years ago, where during the real estate world, where I would build uh, Podio systems for people. Podio is a CRM software. Yeah. So for real, and we would build them for real estate investors. Well, the partner I had in that business actually became a missionary. And we support him, and we support a couple other missionaries too. So that's that's probably the the big goal for for us is I want to be able to support like fifty missionaries from the business, wow. and then I also want to give away a certain amount of dollars too from the business. And that's probably another thing that pushed me into the business because I've always felt capped on what I could give as an mm-hmm. employee. I'm like I always either need a raise or I need to cover yeah. expenses in order to give more. But, a
0: set amount you know, per year. Um,
1: Exactly. So, like on this, it's as it's as as ingenuitive as I could be, or as creative as I could be, and as big as I could grow it is as big as I could give. So that's probably yeah. one of the re- the big reasons that Simple CFO is in business. Other than I really like helping the investors know what, where their money is going and and getting that like where several people have said you've changed my life. Basically, they've said those words and have those testimonials where and i didn't even ask for them but they're can't saying beat that testimonial well. though, can you? right so so yeah i mean that it's it's an amazing thing to be able to have those types of testimonials so
0: yeah for sure like i said can't beat that it's oh. uh changing people's lives is what kind of makes people i think people change people's lives in so many different ways that they it don't realize people. yeah
1: uh
0: and the fact that you are being told face to face that you are is such a a pleasure for you to be sat in that position it really uh, is yeah. i'd love to chat about how you other than reading the books and you know reading 50 books this year what else do you do to make sure that you yourself as a founder are, uh, keeping your mindset in that right place so that you can continually help other people because you sound like a guy that is always giving right and i know from experience and seeing other people that you when you give it's obviously you're using a lot of energy. So how do you make sure that you are still making sure that your mindset, your energy is at that high level to be able to to even be able to get up and give in the morning?
1: I have a three year old daughter. (laughs) Say no more. Right. (laughs) So She provides all the energy. No, but I try and keep I when I wake up in the morning, I wake up before her. But then once she wakes up, I have a couple hours before I even start the day. Where i dedicate to her i make sure yeah. that i play with her like right now she says you know daddy play with me and it's like yeah i'm gonna pass that up so <laughs> no so i i do that every single morning that's probably one thing that helps me during the day stay focused and you know like when it's work time i'm working i'm getting in the books here i'm helping the people we're growing the business we have structured meetings too like weekly structured meetings to make sure that the business is running and like are my different numbers that I'm looking at inside of the business. So, you know, like when it's work time, I'm working. But then like during those times, I'm also taking time to make sure because that like recharges me, too. I love playing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like that's kind of what helps keep me grounded, too, is not just reading the books and everything and growing that way. But making sure that the other things because I'm working, I'm working to make sure that she has a good life and that my wife has a good life, you know, that we're we're able to actually provide for us too. So I want to make sure that my little daughter gets my attention. So I try and keep things. And I wouldn't even say it's like, oh, you're so balanced. It's like, no, it's just giving the focus to what needs Mm. to be focused on at that time. And really, you know, dedicating. I'm not saying that things don't pop up at, at different times or whatnot or sometimes this or that. But having those set times has really energized me to be able to be like, okay, I can focus on the business during this time and grow it to where I want it to be. And that's where I think a lot of investor not even investors, but business owners, get to where it's like, the business is just consuming so much of their life that they don't have a life. Yeah. Where I try to right at the beginning say, if I can't have this time, then I'm going to either cut clients or not work. You know, or not do this. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that I'm still able to do what I want to do or need to do. And then make sure that I can fill that the workday with being able to actually pay for the things I need to give what I want to give and grow it like I want to grow it. That's why I'm excited about bringing on more people, too, because that'll give me the capability to really grow the business and not just mm. be in the operation the whole time. So,
0: yeah, I'd Moving say from that, in the business right. to on the business,
1: in the business to on the business, because. When I first started the business and before I started it, I worked on it a ton. And then when I had to get in it, I've been working in it a lot. So it's that's where working more on it, it really invigorates me too. So bringing these people on, being able to, to have the home life and being able to actually play with my daughter and have time with my wife too. So kind of setting those boundaries and being able to do that is what really helps yeah. me as a business owner. Because like I said, if I didn't have those, it'd be like, why am I doing this?
0: Exactly, and that's the point, right? It's okay. rather than doing what a lot of other people do you know, wait until you reach a certain point, wait until retirement to do all of that. There's no reason why anyone can't be doing the stuff you just explained playing with your kids, doing all this sort of stuff right now. Yep, it's yep. uh, that's that's the key,
1: it really is. It and especially if that's what's important to you, if you don't have a family and you can dedicate 12 16 hours to your business and just absolutely explode it. Go and do it. But that's just Mm -hmm. with the stage of life I'm in right now, I want to make sure I'm giving her time and I'm giving the client's time that I have time with. And I will grow it as I can grow it and make sure that it's healthy and functioning. But I want to make sure that I have a healthy functioning relationships in my life, too.
0: Yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, you joked about balance, but it is about balance, it yeah. is, especially now where people have been forced to work from home, forced to work in different situations, forced in these situations that they're probably not used to. Uh, I think people are really struggling with that balance side of things. So it's really refreshing to actually hear from other founders as well that you're not all about the 24 hour hustle. Uh, you're about the listen, I because I don't start anything before 10 a.m. Awesome. The morning is mine. And then yeah. 10 a.m. my day starts I every like single that. morning. 10 a.m. starts with my uh, founders elite group mastermind. We all get together, have some focused hour time. And it's the perfect way to start a day. Awesome. Um, so, uh, again, I, I commend you for that. Um, but, David, listen, one of my fa- final questions to you is, and I feel like you're going to really nail this question just because you've read like 200 books. <laughs> um, so you've really got no excuse not to nail this question. Okay. but. If you were going to give three bits of advice to a founder and they were stood right in front of you right now, what would those three bits of advice be? That is a great
1: question. And after reading so many books, there's so many different things that I could say. I know.
0: You could could go down the finance route. You could go down the mindset route. This is entirely up to you.
1: Probably what I was just talking about there. Have the boundaries for yourself and know yourself first. Mm. Know yourself. Know what you need. Because... Some people are built to be billionaires and they can do that grind and get and work the highest and best use. And that's what they're supposed to do. Some people build million dollar businesses. Some people don't even need a the business. They just, they can go to work and still have that balance. So figure out yourself first, because yeah. you're going to be grading against yourself the whole time if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, or if you're, if you're compromising those things that shouldn't be compromisable to you specifically. So I'd mm. say, number one, know yourself. So not to be all out there, but like know yourself, know what you need and really, really get to know what you were built for.
0: No, number I two,
1: as actually being a founder and starting the business, read everything that you possibly can about starting a business or get around people who have started successful businesses and make sure you have them as either mentors that you're either paying for their knowledge. Or if you're lucky enough to know people that are either relatives or just close friends that have successful businesses, being around them. Because what made their business success successful? What principles did they follow? What are they what are they doing in their business that are making them successful? Even if it has, even if your businesses you don't think are similar, they probably have a lot of the same principles that you can apply into your mm-hmm. business. So getting around those types of people and making sure that you always, I'm a part of several masterminds myself. I make sure that the people that I have on my team are go-getters and like the people that I want to be around. And I'm on weekly calls with those masterminds or with those high level people that I respect. So get around people that are where you want to be. And then if I had a third piece of advice is make sure once you know who you are and you're around those types of people, that you want, know what you want to build and build it and dedicate the time and say, how much is this going to, and count that cost, not only what you can make, but what you can keep too. So like you said, don't, don't just make the money, make sure you have a plan in place to actually keep the money, run it like a business and not just like a side hustle. Even if it is a side hustle, learn the aspects of what make a business successful and run it like a business. So I'd say, know yourself, be around great people that can always be there and that can always help you either in a difficult time or help you get to where you want to be and then run it like a business.
0: Exactly, David. I knew you would have three spot-on ones, even if you pulled them from the top of your head. Perfect, my friend. Uh, My final, final question to you then is, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, learn more about Simple CFO, what is the best way for them to do that? Right on
1: SimpleCFOsolutions.com. If you go there, it tells about our business, what we do. We try and be very clear about what we do. And then there's an apply button right on the page because we, that's like I said, I'm I was kind of tapped out as of this because there was a lot of people that wanted and needed the service. So we have that apply button on there for you to get in touch for us now. And now we are expanding and taking on more clients because we just brought on two new coaches. So if you go to simple CFO solutions.com, there's an apply button. There's also, I did write a book too. And whenever I'm on a podcast, you can buy it on Amazon, but I don't want to push that. I always give it away for free. It's called Less Stress, More Profit for the Serious Real Estate Investors. So if you want that book, you can email lessstressmoreprofit at gmail.com and it sends you back the audio version and the ebook version. Because I knew my audience, at least as real estate investors, didn't like to read an actual book. They like listening to it in the car or on the go. Exactly. I like doing that whenever I'm on a podcast, just giving away the audio version and the ebook for, for free. Because, like I said, I, I like giving back. So you can uh, you can also get that too. just to, and that book is just to help with some practical things. It's a very short book. So you can just uh, get that and see if it helps you on the financial portion of your business.
0: David, you're a star. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. this conversation Thanks and uh, really looking forward to just seeing how Simple CFO evolves and you bring on more coaches. And I'm sure that you're going to be doing some amazing things happening.
1: Awesome. I appreciate that. Too.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. This has been Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty.